Ερχόμαστε καραϊσκάκι Να σας γλεντήσουμε λιγάκι Ψυχίατρε Welcome to the Crazy Act Fan Podcast I'm your host Teddy No matter where you are Thanks for making this part of your day Thanks for taking a listen Hope everyone's doing well and having a great week Um so today I want to touch on a few notes uh, left over from the Estetis Ike match. I won't spend a lot of time on this and then talk about today's win, Ike Ofi, 3-0 at Hagia Sofia. And then preview the big derby coming up against Olympiacos on Sunday. Gosh, am I ready for this one? <clears throat> so let's get to it, guys. Let me get the formalities out of the way. Subscribe and rate the podcast. Please, guys, it really helps. Also... Like my Facebook page, Crazy Ike Fan. Follow me on Twitter and on Instagram, at Crazy Ike Fan. Now that I've got that out of the way, let's get to it, guys. So, you know, I had made that little um, post-game reaction podcast, which is something that I've wanted to do for a while. It's just, you know, due to time constraints, you get busy on weekends with family, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I can give every excuse in the book or every reason in the book of why I didn't do that yet. Found some time... I feel like it's nice to get that raw emotion out of there, especially right after a result has come in, whether it's a win, draw, whatever, what have you, a loss. Um, like I said before, it's part of the reasons why I started this podcast, to kind of talk to other Ike fans out there, get my emotions out of to how I'm feeling. Uh, that being said, you know, it was hard for me to concentrate on the game while I was watching it live on Sunday. Because around the 20th minute when Eliasson got injured, I know how big of a player he is, how much he means to this team right now, how much of an up-and-coming star he was. You know, he was the, the team's assist leader, what have you. I really felt, and I'll talk about it more when I talk about the Olympiacos preview, but I really felt like he could help us a lot against Olympiacos. Uh I felt like that kind of screwed with my head a little bit. I couldn't stay focused on the game. All I wanted to do was for us to get to three points, especially paying attention on my phone to the what was going on at the Derby in La Foros. Um, when I took a step back and kind of rewatched the game on a replay, a few more thoughts came to mind. I don't feel like we played that well. I mean, no, I'm sorry, excuse me. I feel like we played well, but... In the final third of the game, we we just couldn't finish. I mean, honestly, just to put a kind of a bow on it, we couldn't finish. It was disappointing. We couldn't put any of our chances away. It was really disappointing because, you know, as Ike fans, most of you that are my age or what have you, or that have studied Ike's, you know, history and a lot of the championships that we've ever won or whenever we've made a championship run, it's never been, we've never, I don't think in Ike's history, uh, have we ever won a championship by a lot of points, right? So whenever you have the opportunity to gain points on your opponents and me being a you know, long-suffering Ike fan at times where we've lost championships on on equal points with Libiacos before or where we've lost a championship by like a couple of points in the past. Uh, when you drop 
points against an inferior opponent not to kind of kick our status while they're down because they're normally a very great football club, but this year they're seeming to have a rough year. It's We should have really picked up points to really put pressure on the other two contenders right now. It's always disappointing when you're in a title hunt to, to drop points. Um, that being said, you know, the, there wasn't really much to take away from the match. Um, Rota, I've talked about this at nauseum, even the left back, Mohammadi, they both didn't have their best games. They both had such good opportunities to either make good passes or take nice shots and shots to hit the target and neither of them could really do that it was very frustrating to watch on the replay um Araujo kind of seemed out of place he was he was one of our best players but at the same time he was a little too intense um he committed a couple of real stupid fouls and one almost cost us you know one uh if it was just a few more inches it would have been a penalty and possibly even a red card so you know, um, I could sit here and talk about the refs, but I don't want to do that. How Baralas, a player that I actually like, if you guys have listened to me for a while, how he should have had a red card in that game. How how the heck does someone get their ankle broken with a bad tackle? Not to put it all on the defender because it's in the heat of the moment. Like I'm not I'm not trying to say this. I don't think any professional athlete unless they have some screws loose in their head, go into a situation where they want to hurt another athlete. Like, you, you respect each other. You understand that this is how they bring they bring their the bacon home, per se. Uh, how they make their money. Um, that being said, <laughs> anyway, I don't want to talk about the officiating in that match because we have so much to talk about. And I want to get more so into the Igoffi and... Uh, Olibiago's preview. So let's move on to Ike Ophi. Ike and Ophi played today. 3-0 to Ike. Um, so f- full disclosure, I'm running late. I was running some errands and I was hoping to be home in time, just in time for kickoff. You know, I didn't think it would be a big deal to run late. And then uh, as I'm turning my TV on, I look down on my phone and it's like, it's in the 10th minute and I see we're up 2-0 and I'm like, Part of me was excited, and part of me was like a force. Though one day I'm freaking running late, we scored two fast goals. Uh, you know, a little nervous at first. Well, let, let me back up. I was a little nervous before the game because I really wanted the team to come out, not per se firing. I wanted them to really get a victory here. I didn't want us to drop points, especially before Ibiacos, uh to head in with a great, um, great momentum great morale, what have you, before the big derby, because I think this this Olympiacos match coming up this weekend is massive as far as the league is concerned, as far as Ike is concerned, as far as even Olympiacos is concerned. It's just a massive, it's it's always massive, but it's it, it, um, it's it's amplified this year because of everything that's going on. So there was a little part of me that was a little nervous. I'm like, well, will the players come out and play? Will, you know, will they still be nervous from having a bad result? I wanted to see how this team would react after a bad game. Yes, Ofi are terrible this year. They're bottom of the table, I think. Uh, they're one of those teams that I want them to be a mainstay. I like Ofi. I like the, 
I shouldn't say I like, but they're one of those teams that I really think should stay up in the Super League. They get a, a massively intense crowd down there in Heraclio. They're well-supported. They're one of those, if you can call it in Iparjequiomada, uh, one of those rural area teams that we that I've talked about before, what would like them to stay in the Super League because they're one of very few of those teams outside of Athens in the Saloniki. They get big crowds at their games, um, similar to how I would love to see Ael to be a mainstay. Uh, Yanana, who is back up in the Super League, uh, just certain cities and towns like that that, you know, used to get these big crowds. Even other teams that haven't been up in the in the first division in a long time, the Fumpatra, Panahaiki, they get a great crowd. Kalamata, it used to be challenging to go down there and pick up victories. Uh, they had some great teams in the 90s. Um, I really just want fans to come back to, to, to Greek football, man, because it's, it's, it's something that's missing. Some of these historic teams that have intense, nice fan bases where it becomes hard to go play. You know, I heard... um some Ike reporters talking about this and some of you that might be around my age or maybe older or a little bit younger might remember us talking about this a lot in the late 90s, early 2000s that you had to go, the Protafima went through the Iparchia, the Protafima went through the country side, let's say, where you had to go get results out in the country. You had to go to, to Larissa and get results. You had to go to Heraclio and, you know, that was a game where uh, Heraclio, where you didn't, it wasn't a guarantee that you were going to go pick up three points. Like it basically is against, you know, not to pick on these teams, but like Lamia, Livadiacos, or, you know, um, those types of clubs, let's say. And, you know, I mean, there's other teams that are missing from the Super League that used to make this league so much more better. Pañonos, who had a massive following. Um, some of their following fell away, but they still have some diehard fans. And even, you know, I can't wait till one day, hopefully, Heraclis, the other team in Thessaloniki, that giant, comes back into the, in, into Greek football. It's it's sad because it's different. It, you know, it, it changes the complexion of the game. It Those were, these places that I'm mentioning, these were not easy places to go play and get victories. And like I said, we used to say that back in the day. The Protasima Parque y Parquia, the championship is won in the countryside. And I can honestly tell you, when I first became an Ike fan, when I came out and said, you know, this is the team that I'm going to support after, you know, having different family members try to change my mind. Not to sound crazy, but I think enough to, what was, let me give me see, I could see this. Yes, Ike, they give us Ike. And that's just the way I feel. That's the honest to God truth. I'm not just saying that just to freaking say it. That's how I feel. I feel like I was born to, to, uh, to love this football team and to to be an Ike fan if I was going to be a, a football fan. Um, one of the things they used to make fun of me uh, of, you know, banter and what have you with my friends, my cousins or whatnot. They're like, oh, yeah, I go look at this, they get this, that derby, get this, this, Ike would never win a derby, but they'd always beat all these smaller teams. And that's why for that time period, where they were so good in the early 90s. And that's why they had those teams that were good in the early 90s because they'd always win uh, against those types of clubs, you know. 
Uh, they win derbies, don't you know? I said that they would make fun because they we couldn't win a derby. We also won derbies back then too. But anyways, let me get to this Eichelfi game. So I saw that it was two 0 and of course we know as being football fans, it's been said so many times by so many people that's the most dangerous score to be up by in football. Um. So it was kind of, but this Offy team watching them, I watched them a little bit over the weekend when they were playing Unicos. They were playing kind of like a do or die, like a six pointer, what have you, against Unicos. Uh, just they seemed like they played with a lot of pressure. Uh, they didn't have really good finishing up front. If they if they would, I think I heard today during the broadcast that their center forward hasn't even scored a goal yet. Um, which is tragic for them. Anyway, so Ike were never in any real danger. The lineup was completely kind of revamped. Uh, Rota was on the bench, I think. He didn't start. Sibides started in his spot. Um, Amrabat obviously started in Eliasson's spot. So uh, we were able to rest some players. Um, lots of chances in this match. I mean, this game could have gotten a little out of hand. I really wanted them to have that third goal before halftime. That way, in the beginning of the second half, some other players could have gotten a rest, like Garcia could have gotten a rest a little bit earlier. Um, in the beginning, I was kind of, kind of really, really dumbfounded, but um, we scored around the 60th minute, and then the last, I think, 15 minutes of the game, he brought Araujo off the bench. Araujo didn't start in this match. I don't know if he was dealing with some type of injury problem or if this was just the kind of, you know, not have him play very many minutes, keep, you know, do a nice rotation, keep players fresh, um, what have you. Uh, but it kind of didn't make sense, but then I, I thought about it more and more. And I think he just wanted to try different schemes because the game was already at hand. Um, I saw Gatsinovich, which he's been rumored in the maybe in the derby against Olympiacos, to move over to that left side, or right side, I'm sorry, excuse me, the right side, uh, to kind of play a winger position and have Amrabat play behind, um, behind Levy Garcia, where normally Araujo plays. Uh you know, that was kind of a thought, or to move Amrabat completely over playing, kind of switch Amrabat and Gatsinovich around from right to left, you know, have um, Amrabat go on the left side and have Gatsinovich stay on the right. Um, I don't know, or even, maybe even, uh, there, there was even mentioned by a Nike reporter that maybe putting Pineda in that spot. Um, I don't know what his thought process is, was at that point. Maybe he was just trying to see different things. I felt that uh, Amrabat and Sidibe did look up very well together. I did see a difference in Amrabat, and I talked about this in the in the post-match reaction to the Estetis game. One big difference that I saw in Amrabat, he was trying to cross the ball a lot more often, which is something that I liked. They weren't as nice. They weren't as uh, lukumi, as I say, as Eliasson's uh, crosses were, but at least it was a cross. It wasn't... You weren't seeing Amrabat trying to take on two players, you know, or trying to take on a player one by one and lose the ball or hoard the ball the way he does sometimes, the way frustratingly he does at times, or trying to play a a, 
a one-two with with Rota. This time it was Sidibe, and Sidibe obviously had, um, I guess, you know, the years off the bench uh, that gate that told him to kind of move inside the box, and him and Amrabat kind of played. Sometimes they played a one-two, you know. Um, so it's very interesting to see them trying to gel together. I, you know, me personally, I would really like to see Sidibe start in um, against Olympiacos. I know Rota has done a great job. I just feel like you need a little bit more offensive firepower. I really feel like against Olympiacos, it's going to be very key for us to take advantage of our chances. And um, I think Sidibe is overall a more polished player offensively than Rota is. Um, and I really feel like Right now, Olympiacos do not have any type of wing play that can be a big threat. Um, is the way I see them. So I don't know. I um, we'll see what happens in that match. But in this game, you know, kind of you're waiting for Ike to get that third goal. They finally got that third goal. Mandalo was able to score. Mandalo actually started in uh, Araujo's spot, and he got injured in in this game, um, don't know the severity of the injury. If you guys don't know, um, there's, uh, like a media strike in Greece. So there was no radio broadcasts. Uh, so I haven't been able to get any reports all day. Um, this is, I'm recording this on Wednesday night. It's probably not going to come out till tomorrow, Thursday, but I'm recording Wednesday night. So I wasn't able to get anything or hear anything about what's going on. With injuries and whatnot, Simonski has COVID. Hopefully, he'll be ready. He's a very key player, and he's very keen that it'll be a match. And I'll talk about more about that. But he wasn't in today's lineup. I would have been interested to see Mahiera come on at some point. You know, there's been some talk around him. He was such a nice rising star a couple of years ago. Last year. He had that loan, which I was really excited to see him play at Onyegos and finally get like a full season. And maybe not having that pressure with that comes with playing at a big club, playing at Oenikos. Of course, he had that heartbreaking injury at the beginning of the season that left him out pretty much the whole year. Um, now, someone did ask Costas Ketsizoglu the other day on Sport FM what's going on with Mahieras, and he simply just answered that the, the reports and from what they've seen, because I think on Wednesdays, Almeida opens, holds open practices, so the um, Ike reporters are able to go watch. And from what they could gather, he just doesn't have that speed or he cannot keep up with the type of play with that pressing that Almeida likes to play and also, I guess, track back to defend. I don't know, but there's a reason why this kid's not getting starts. I would have loved to have seen him play in today's match, but, you know... It is what it is. Um, hopefully he can learn. And, you know, that's one thing we put so much pressure on some of these young kids to perform that I hope we really don't burn him out. And because he seemed like such a young, promising player. Uh, there wasn't much else to say on this match. You know, um, it was pretty much cut and dry. Second half after I got that goal, they kept missing chances. Um Ofi did have a couple of half chances. They had one wide open header um, in the first half when it was still 2-0. That could have made things interesting had it went in, but it went wide of the 
goal. It was off a corner kick, um, as if we were attacking. But yeah, so that's all I'm going to say on this game. You know, it was practically like a uh, a professional win for Ike. You know, and I'm glad they got this win, and I'm glad they were able to score early because it kind of I feel like calmed everyone down, and then just you kind of exhale and you're like, okay, we got the three points off to Karaiskaki. So let's preview this massive match coming up. Olympiakos Ike. Stoyorgios Karaskakis. Gosh, I'm excited about this one. First off, we haven't beaten Olympiakos in a little while. So it's going to be a very intense atmosphere. We all know what went on this week. After the fallout from the Derby Abatonion, you know, uh, the thing is, is the one thing I would like to tell about people, don't believe the hype. And what do I mean by that? Okay. I'm going to let you guys in on, on something if you, if you didn't already figure it out. Okay. This is pretty straightforward, but this is my opinion on what's going on at, on the other side at Odibagos, right? For Libiacos, it's very important for them as an organization to get in those first top two spots because, and here's the little secret, that a lot of either Libiacos fans aren't willing to admit to each other or what they're not, what obviously they're not going to come out and say. The thing is, I mean, I came out and said it this year, and he said it, that our budget's going to be whatever whatever number he said that we're going to work off of this budget right now, right? Olympiacos doesn't want to come out and say that. But if they do not make some type of European competition, preferably they want to make the, the Champions League group stage, which, like I've said on this podcast before, I think it's going to be very, very hard for any Greek team unless you get very lucky with a couple of draws and have a lot of breaks that go your way to make it into the group stage of the Champions League. Uh, quite frankly, there's no other way to say it. I see them as kind of getting screwed because they've taken out all these major contracts. They've kind of gone, you know, they've kind of gone by signing all these big name players. And Marcelo was a big name, but we're seeing them kind of being washed up. The, the the point is is that the organization didn't know whoever was running it this past year was not doing a very good job honestly there's no other way to put it that they could find themselves in real financial trouble so what Marinakis is trying to do is amp up this Olibakos crowd for two reasons to get Olibakos more invested into this into this season and to kind of you know kind of set the tone and say Oh, it's us against them. You know, everyone's against us because we're Libecos. And it's working because they've already sold out the game for Sunday. Not to say that it might not have been sold out for a night game, but let's say they had a poor performance against Panathinaikos. I mean, who knows? Uh, people just have not... It, it, there was a lot of dark clouds, let's say, around Libecos this season. Um, they're starting to gel. They're starting to play better on the pitch. I'm not going to lie. But this was kind of to get that, uh, kind of, to kind of motivate the Olympiacos fans. And for me personally, I think, uh, 
for him to also have a fallback for when S hits the fan to be like, it's not my fault. It's, you know, all these people are against us, everyone, to kind of pull a Luchescu, which this is the whole soap opera, the whole drama that happens in Greek football. Um, you know, and we, we can't fall a, a trap to that. It's going to be a very interesting match. Like I was saying earlier, I think um, Iliason is going to be a huge absence for Ike. I feel like uh, Iliason could have wreaked havoc on that left side of Olibiakos, especially if uh, Oleg Remchuk had started. Um, he didn't start today, Olibiakos, in their match today against Livadiakos, had a lot of subs. Um, a lot of bench players that came in and played, I guess, to keep players fresh for... Sunday's dead to be. Um, but it's going to be very interesting how that matchup works out. Um, who's going to go there? For me, like I said, I would rather see Sidibe C- C- maybe kind of move. I don't know. I, I kind of feel like you need to have someone with speed and someone with a little more skill on that right side uh, to see kind of Pineda or Gatsinovic move into that role. We'll see what happens. Um, the big question is going to be, for me, is Simonski going to play? Because he has been lights out at the midfield, especially in that defensive midfield position. I really feel that watching Olympiacos, I haven't watched that many games in Greece, but I've watched their games in Europe. If you don't give uh, Wang space, then... He kind of, you, you can kind of take him out of the game very easily. And Simonski, strong physical player, I feel like could, t- could take him out of the game very easily. That's going to be the battle to watch, in my opinion. It's going to be the battle who's going to win the midfield. Can this Almeida press force Olympiacos midfielders and defenders into mistakes like it always does? And another thing, watching today's game, I would really want to see the statistic. I really want to see that statistic of... Um, how many goals we scored off of that press, it produces so much fruit. It produces so many chances for Ike in attack. I would love to see that statistic because um, I do feel like in this match, it's going to give Olibekos trouble, especially that midfield that hasn't quite gelled yet together. But once again, it's a, you know, it's a dead bee. I mean, you can't exclude any possibility you know you can't i've had heard of the fans that said up yeah ike pelates tarcides how far that is gelling on is this they're getting better and as individuals olibiacos has a lot of great individual talent now they're starting to kind of put a team together but i think they still have uh a long ways to go as far as to compete with Eichenbanathanaikos. Now, as long as they're keeping it close, you know, I mean, it's anyone's game. Um, Olympiacos has a big issue with struggling to score in matches. They also have a big issue in conceding. They've conceded in almost, they've conceded in all their big matches this year almost. Uh, And that's going to come into play. They kind of, if you guys, you know, if you guys haven't had time to watch Olympiacos this year, they remind me a little bit of us maybe a year or two ago where we would have spells of like 60 minutes, you know, from beginning to like the 60th minute. We'd play great. We would, 
you know, be up one nil. And then it's like all of a sudden, I mean, it's like someone pulled the plug literally or turned off the lights and it must not hide for like 10, 15 minutes. And that's when all hell would break loose, basically, uh, where even more inferior opponents would start making chances on us. They kind of have that feel. And they kind of have that feel. Their their defense is getting better. That I like that young player, uh, Doi. And I love the fact that he came out and said he wanted to be part of the Greek squad. Because I think he's uh, part Greek, part Albanian. So, you know, it's kind of weird as to which side he's going to pick. But he came out earlier in this week and said he would love to get a call up to the Ethniki. And we, we, we need the help in that position. So, watching him play. I mean, the kid plays kind of like a veteran player. He's very... He's a bright spot in Olibia in this like very hectic season for Libiacos. So their defense is getting better, but they also they have a bad habit. They've conceded so many horrible, horrible late goals. So I think that pressure is gonna yield fl- fruit for Ike. That pressure on the attack. Um but like I said, you know, this is a deadbeat match. Like you can't you have to be ready for all possibilities. And honestly. Watching the Balk derby last week, I mean, a couple of weeks ago, whenever it was, compared to this derby coming up, this one's going to be a little bit more easier to watch because it's not the end of the world. Yes, I want to beat Olibiakos. I always want to beat Olibiakos. Same thing with Balk. We, you know, it's been a while since we beat them. I think psychologically, it would give us an advantage if we if we were able to beat them. It would it would hurt them. Um, Olympiacos, I feel like, is also playing with more pressure. For us, it's not the end of the world. If we lose three points, and even if Panathinaikos win, we're back nine, which, yes, it's nine points. But again, guys, I don't see anyone running away with this league. I don't see anyone that's playing good enough football to run away with this league and we cannot we cannot forget about the playoffs the playoffs are going to be big this year whoever is close bunched in together by the playoffs yes if Panathinaikos let's say with all due respect they go in with the lead they have now let's say with six or nine points ahead of Ike or what have you against Libacos playoffs is a different animal because you're playing good teams right away and the other thing is, the reason why I wouldn't be devastated if we'd lost this game, I'd be pissed, don't get me wrong. I never want to lose to Libiacos. I never want to lose a Derby as a Nike D. But you don't have, let's say, another game next week. You don't have, to have this right before the break is massive. Um, another thing, because you, the Boris Nakanis, Keyapuleme. You can't have like a like a bad losing streak to where the team loses focus or there's disarray. You lose this match, you lose it. When you back was cuts it to one point, yes, they're right on your heels. But we got a month break to figure things out. Um, the other thing, the other side of this, guys, to look at it, I think the past few seasons, especially the first meeting between Ike and Olympiacos, it had a different flavor, A, because... So much was unknown about Ike. Olympiacos, you could clearly tell were one or two clicks, one or two steps, what have you. 
in better position than Ike. Uh, better players that were always playing better. Not so much last year. I mean, the Beckers fans will even admit it that we all, like their competitors all S the bed last year and the Beckers sleepwalked through the league and won it. And I think that's what kind of gives the Beckers, at least their fan base, a lot of confidence is how they could come back and win the league. Um, but the main difference here for us this year compared to other years, we're ahead in the league. Uh, we won't be playing with that pressure before I felt like you were going to Karaskaki or you were playing Olibiakos and you were playing your season. You were playing your season, meaning like if we didn't win this game and Olibiakos goes up by nine points, forget it. That was it. We all knew as an organization, as a fan base, by the even though Olibiakos fans wouldn't come out and say that, even though some like reporters wouldn't come out and say that, because you knew it was hard. It's... It's different, guys. And I know a lot of you guys that have followed this league for a long time totally understand where I'm coming from with this. Where it's different being nine points behind this young Panathinaikos team that, yes, some of their, like I've said before, some of their people in their organization have championship pedigree, but this team is not used to being on that level, is not used to contending for a title. Olibiakos are a different animal. Um... So to have Panathinaikos with nine points ahead of us as opposed to Libiakos, that it worries me, but it doesn't worry me that much because I know Panathinaikos are going to drop points. When you're chasing Libiakos, it almost nine points seems like you're you're going to climb Mount Everest, I feel like, on the table um, because you absolutely have to be perfect and hope that Libiakos goes on a bad losing streak to lose the title. So that's the difference between this year and other years we faced them. It felt like other years, we would go in the first game against the regardless of where it was at, whether it was in Oaka or Karaskaki, we were going to play our season. We were down, let's say, we were behind them five, six points, and then you knew if that gap opened up, that we were done. We knew that we had to at least get a draw or better yet, a win to kind of keep us in the title race. And if you look at it, if I remember correctly, I could be completely wrong, but I know last year, the year before, for a fact, it was the Libacos game that kind of told me, okay, our freaking season as far as contending for the title is completely over. Even though we weren't that many points back, we ended up, you know, like eight, nine, ten points back or something. But, you know, if you fall to Olympiacos by that many points, your your season's done. So this is totally different. This puts the pressure on Olympiacos because if Olympiacos don't win this match and Ike win and Panathinaikos win, uh, it this could be a season-defining match right here. Uh, that'd be for sure. Yet the Amakirdish Olympiacos... If Olympiacos wins, they get back into the championship for sure, regardless of what Panathinaikos does. And they're right behind our heels. And like I said, I feel like Marinaki is doing all this because they need those top two spots. They need to go out in Europe and contend next year and fight to get into the Champions League and get that Champions League money to keep the ship afloat, let's say. 
Um, but that's all I have to say on the deadbeat, man. It's going to be interesting. Uh, like I said, I feel like I'm going to be a lot more laid back for this deadbeat than I was for the Palk match. Because for the Palk match, it was just, I was tired of hearing them run their mouths. And I was like, we have to beat this team. You know, with, with Olibekos and Barnathanaikos, you know, they've oh, we've always been rivals. You know, there's going to be times where Olibekos has a good win streak against us. And there's going to be times where we have a good streak win streak against Olibekos. Uh, Panathinaikos the same way. But I'm not going to be... I I didn't want to be Pauks, you know, whatever. Um, so this match, I feel like I'm going to sit back, make myself a nice drink, get myself some good food. Um, hopefully right now my plans are that I'm going to be here at home for the match this weekend. Things could change a little bit. Uh, I might have to go out of town which would really suck if I'm home. Hopefully, I'll be able to do another post-game reaction pod and then maybe record a full episode that night. I don't know. Um, but let me get to talking about the scoreline. So, like I said, Almeida's press, I feel like, is going to wreak havoc on Olympiacos. It's You really have to win the battle in the midfield in this match. And I feel like Almeida's press is going to help us do that. Now, one very important thing, of course, obviously, it's important in every match that you get the first goal. But I feel like in this match, you, to put away Olympiacos, just like in the match that I talked about uh, before the, the Pac Derby, we have to score first. That's going to set the tone. If we score first, I think that is the 70, 80% of... We're, we're there for victory. They're there to be had if if we score first because they're going to panic a little bit. The crowd might get against them depending on how the goal comes. Um, you know, if, if they score first, it could be the exact opposite. It could give them confidence. You know, we're scoring up against this real uptight defense. Um, I really feel like we're going to score first if we score first. I think the scoreline is going to be two to one because I feel like Olibekos is going to press that intense crowd that's going to be, you know, very, 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 very intense this weekend because of because of the fallout from the deadbeat last week. Um, but I honestly, I have a good feeling about this, and I haven't said that going into a deadbeat with Olibekos, and I feel like a very, very long time. I have a good feeling about this. I have a good feeling we're going to win two to one. Um. And it's going to be a nice little World Cup break. A couple of key injuries, as I've mentioned before, but it's worth mentioning again. Uh, Mukudi came back today. So that was good news. It was Mukudi and Mitoglu, which they seem to do pretty good. A pretty good center-back pairing there. Um, Vida has also stated, at least in the Greek media, that he's going to be game fit. And he's wanting to play against Libekos, which is awesome. So that part of the defense should be good. I don't know what Almeida is thinking. I don't know what his tactics are, of course. A manager doesn't want to show all his cards. That's going to be a very interesting game to watch. What kind of substitutions are they going to make? What kind of changes are they going to make? Have these managers really done their homework? How's this chess match, chess match going to work out? Like, how are they going to you know, figure each other out? Uh, this is really going to show who the better manager is in my book. Um, hopefully it's Almeida. Now, listen, we could do a lot. We could, 
you know, it's, it's a deadbeat, bottom line. I hate to keep reiterating that, but, you know, uh, massively exciting. I think it's going to be a ex- very, very exciting football match, um, especially if you're neutral. Uh, like I said, I think Ubegos is going to throw everything at us because they, they need this win for morale. They have not won a big match all season. Last week, it was within their grasp, and they let it go again. Uh, and as we know, guys, being Ike fans, that psychologically and from a momentum standpoint can really hurt you. We know better than anyone, you know, obviously from what we went through last year. Um, before I get out of here, let me discuss a little bit on the rest of the weekend, the big matches. So, as I said, Ike, I'm predicting we're going to go into Karaskaki and win 2-1. to one. Uh, But like I said, guys, I don't want people to fall over unless it's like a tragic defeat that we've seen before in Karaskaki, which I seriously doubt it. Um, we need to keep our cool and whatever happens, happens. Like, I know we all want to beat Olibiagos. You know what I mean? But even if we don't get all three points here, nothing's lost yet. We're not even halfway through the season yet. Um, anyway, so let me get on to the other matches. This match, I had a big question mark because I simply just don't know. I, I don't know. I I didn't go back and watch the highlights today, but from what I saw on the internet, Panathinaikos played kind of another iffy game, but they were able to pull out a result, and that that does show kind of they're building that championship pedigree because you have to win matches like that, and they've won a lot of matches like that. Now, for a young team, that can kind of do a 180 at one point and kind of backfire on you because if you're depending on, okay, we're always going to grind it out, we're always going to pull it out and get a 1-0 win, we saw that a lot with uh, the Jimenez team, especially the Jimenez team that won the championship. We were grinding out victories like that, but then the, there came games where we, you know, couldn't beat up Polonas Midnes, couldn't beat certain teams and get results against certain teams, which was very, very frustrating. But that does have a championship pedigree to it. And the other big question mark in this match is how does Atromito, which Atromito's team shows up? Because Atromito's are the freaking, like, in the dictionary, they should be beside the definition of Jekyll and Hyde, you know, um, because they played good against the good teams. We saw how good they played against us. They're the team that actually, they had the most chances against us this season. Uh, I was very impressed with the way Atromito played against us, but then they'll go out and, you know, to use a, an American metaphor, they'll go out and lay an egg the next match. Um, I could potentially see if the good Atromitos team shows up and Panathinaikos are still kind of shaky. I could see uh, Panathinaikos dropping points here. And if they drop points, that makes the dead be that much more interesting. That's going to be, that's going to be very interesting as to how the dead be, how this Panathinaikos Atromitos game is early on in the day, how that's going to affect later on the dead be coming up. After this, because if we both know, Olibiakos and Ike know that Panathinaikos drop points, it's going to make things very interesting. Um, Let's move on to Paz and Aris. I think Aris will win here. They've showed a good side. I mean, listen, it was against a weak uh, La Mia side, but I mean, they did put five past them. But Aris, again, one of those Jekyll and Hyde teams where they can put five against La Mia and then come and 
they might lose 2-0 to, to Pass. I wouldn't be shocked either way. Um, but I think Adis will get the win. Uh, I don't know if they played as well as their scoreline the other day. But given the fact that they had such an impressive scoreline, I think they'll keep it going. Pass uh, have their own troubles this year. But again, it wouldn't shock me if another Adis team shows up. Balk versus Volos. This is going to be very interesting. I feel like this is going to be the shock of the round. Uh, I believe Volos are going to get uh, the better of Balk. I think they're going to take away points from Balk here. And I'm even calling it Volos are going to shock Balk and win in uh, in Tumba. Um, should make things very interesting. Gosh, getting ready for that World Cup break. Um, as I've said before, guys, I think during the World Cup break, I'm going to focus a lot on... Um, Reporting on what's going on with the football club, obviously. Upcoming friendlies, who's staying, who's going to the World Cup, what have you. Steven Zuber, I think, came out today and said he's not going to play in the World Cup. Now, I don't know if it's because he wasn't selected by Switzerland or because personally he just doesn't want to go play in the World Cup because it's in Qatar. You know, we've seen all that. Even Original put out a banner to boycott the World Cup because of everything. A lot of people are doing that. Um, but I think I'm going to take this time to kind of talk about the basketball team a little bit more, report on what's going on with the so- with the soccer or football team, and also my, I don't know if anyone's really waiting on it, my awaited series on the state of Greek football, what I think is going on, uh, talk a little bit about the, na- the behind the scenes of the national team, all this clown show that we, that re- re-aired its head after the Pao Panathinaikos Olympiakos matchup the other day. Let me give my opinion because I feel like everyone and their mother's giving the opinion. That was not a penalty. I'm sorry to my Panathinaikos fans. I know me and my brother were kind of arguing about it the other day. I went over to his house and we started talking about it and he told me, he's like, you know, he didn't watch the match, but he's like, everybody's talking about how it was a clear penalty, blah, blah, blah. By letter of the law, yes, it was a penalty. And I do agree with some people. Like I I was um, listening to the Hellas football podcast earlier today. And those guys were kind of talking about how VAR has affected the game in a negative capacity. And it's funny because we wanted VAR so bad in Greece because we thought it was going to fix Greek football. But of course, we're the only country in the world that can completely... S ourselves through VAR. But it's not just in Greece, guys. I've heard this all over the world. I've heard people in the Premier League talking about it. You know, um, some podcasts and radio shows that I listen about the Premier League, CDIA, the Buddhist Liga. Like, everybody's having issues with VAR. But unfortunately, uh, from my, my, my take on it, the good outweighs the bad. But the problem is similar to this situation, it makes the foul look, when you slow it down, look worse than what it is in real time, and unfortunately. And it's kind of funny that the, you know, Olympiakos, Olympiakos organization, both the fan base, or call, the, you know, it's kind of like the pot calling the kettle black, like, okay, your team has done this for the past freaking 30 years, on and off. Now, the past few years, it hasn't been as bad as it was back in the day. Trust me. I mean, I, I've seen stuff like, you know, 
penalty, a guy falls 10 feet outside of the box and they call it a friggin' penalty. I mean, yeah, that old saying that I think it was Juan uh, Menos, so maybe it was Sabas Lodoridis, I don't remember, but I remember this statement and I remember just laughing hysterically at it. I still laugh at it. It's one of the things that I tweeted out the other day was, uh, oh, and then he... he uh, you know, kind of like saying the body was outside of the box, but the soul was inside. A uh, bunch of bollocks, if you ask me. Um, so, Ribeco's fans getting a taste of their own medicine. Um, anyway, guys, Forza, uh, Cara, let's go out there. Let's go out there, Cara Skaki, Nachum Ligo Glendi, Nachnenato Gledane. And hopefully I'll talk to you guys on the other side of it the weekend. Forza, Cara. Thanks for